This is your host, Duan Marrero. Today, we have a really special guest, as always. Um, he just beat Maryville by a huge deficit, big win for the DAC and the Crown Point Bulldogs. Um, we have the one and only Craig uh, Buzea. Coach, hopefully I said your last name right. Uh, forgive me if I butchered it, but uh, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm well. Um, I'm joined here by uh, Jim Delo. He just arrived, and... Your name well, came you didn't up. Tell me that. You didn't tell me that was going to happen. I might have turned this down if I knew he was going to be he wanted to. He wanted to sneak up and uh, <laughs> just pull it up right now. But a uh, great win last weekend, Coach. How are you? Thanks. Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, real happy with, with uh, where we're at right now, but we know we got plenty of work to do. Coach, a lot of stops along the way to get where you're at right now. You feel like you finally found a home? Well, I certainly love it here. Um, this uh, this community is uh, did nothing but embrace us, and, and um, um, I think they lo- they love uh, a successful program. They love supporting us and on Friday nights, as you can see the way that uh, our our stands are packed about six o'clock, six fifteen, and and uh, you know it's been a great support. The administration's great. Um, work with a great AD, and I have a tremendous uh, staff. So you know I couldn't ask for anything else right now. What was the game plan, Coach? Um going in with Maryville briefly if you could recap because um, you guys barely only allowed them just to a touchdown so what was the the, the pep talk and the mindset you got the guys to buy in f- for that game well let's be let's be the, the, the touchdown came on the last play of the game so um, you know that was let's make that clear it was uh, it was our um, you know our JV team that was in there so our, our defense has not allowed a, a touchdown yet this year um, our first team defense so I think that was uh uh, I don't want to say it's surprising, but to be able to hold a Maribel team down like that, that has so many weapons and so much talent. Um, you know, we thought going into the game um, that there was a couple of concerns. Number one, it was against, it was our young offensive line. We had, a, we had to, uh, uh, we had to replace four uh, really, really good offensive linemen. Two are playing at division one level right now um, from last year's team. And, and then uh, when I looked at Maribel on film, I thought they were definitely the best uh, defensive line that we were going to face this year, and I thought they might be the best in the state. I mean, they have this tremendous uh, talent up front, so you know that was going to be that was a big concern for us. But uh, um, you know, our young guys uh, really rose to the challenge and and opened up some huge running lanes for our for our running backs and and gave our our quarterbacks some time to throw, and we were able to do that as well. So that was a, that was our probably our biggest concern, and again. You know, our kryptonite since I've been here at Crown Point is dealing with speed. You know, we haven't really dealt with it. It's great, but we put an emphasis on it. We go to places in the summer to help us, uh, you know, go against some teams that, that, that have speed uh, so we can prepare for our season, and I think that, that stuff has helped us out. But I thought our defensive secondary and our defensive 
as a whole tackle very, very well in space. And, and uh, I think teams like Maryville, that's hope, they're hoping that's not what you do well. They want to get their guys in space and break some tackles, but our guys were almost flawless on the individual tackles this, this uh, past Friday. Who's running that defense? Uh, you know, Sean Granger's around it. Sean's been around here for uh, a long time, and he's got some, some great assistants with him. And, you know, obviously the region we know, uh, Zach Wells, who was uh, a longtime uh, Maryville coach, and then he came over to HF with me, and now he's, he, we brought him back. So he's, he's a big part of that as well. And Dave Ortiz, who played for me at Portage and, and was a head coach at LaPorte, he's, he's on that staff as well. Um, and we got several others that have just, just really – uh, work their butts off to get our defense to where it is now. Ortiz, Wells, Granger. Wow, you do. You got a bunch of head coaches basically there working for you. A coach, you, you know, let's go back a little bit in time here. Uh, you're a Griffith guy, and you played under who there? Uh, Les Thornton. The man in the shorts. What did you learn from Les Thornton? Uh, just about everything I know in regards to. Uh, I'm not going to say football because obviously he was a wishbone guy and I'm not, but I, I just learned, you know, learn how to run a program, learn, uh, you know, how, in, how important enthusiasm is, attention to detail. Obviously when you're running an offense like that, you know, the, the details are extremely important, but uh, you know, just how to run a football team, just how to be a person, just to be, you know, yeah, you have to, you have to be demanding, but you also have to let yourself out there as well. And, and, and uh, you know, kids, kids need to know, where the line is, where they can cross, um, but you got to let them also be kids as well, you know. And, and I think he he allowed us to do that, and and uh, you know he he was a mentor of mine all the way up to the day he he passed away, and and uh, uh, I owe a great deal of success any success that I've had uh, to him because uh, um, he wasn't afraid to tell me, you know, after I got out of school uh, what he thought, and he was uh, up front up front and and with me in, in a lot of different things that we had discussed and, and, and I appreciate that. And I will always forever. He's been a, uh, a great, great asset to me, even though he's been gone for a while. You know, all those coaches, Dave Shelbourne, uh, John friend, Leroy Marsh, uh, you know, kind of the elder statesman of coaching. You're one of the elder statesmen. Now you look over at Griffith, your peer, Phil Mason, Roy's out at Portage. Uh, you know, people are looking to you for wisdom. How's that feel? Well, I, I well, I appreciate you saying that. I got a few years on all those guys, but uh, <laughs> I, you know, it's it's different. But I know it's part of the that's part of the job, right? To mentor young coaches and, and talk to them and and show them the right way to do things, or at least show them what we think is the right way to do things. And and uh, you know, I got a, young, a lot of young bucks on my staff that I think at some point they want to become uh, coaches, and I think I owe it to them to not only. Uh, show them but to be to have those tough conversations sometimes when you got to bring them in the office and tell them that uh, they need to improve on this or i'd rather see them doing it this way or, or anything like that or if they want to open the door and come in you know i got to be open with them too because again i had guys like uh like less and 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 which you know was an open door for me anytime i needed it so i i think i owe that to the to the young coaches that are coming up and 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 keep the profession going and and uh, you mentioned some guys you know you know the dave short shelbourne's uh the John Friends, the Leroy Marshes, the Les Thorntons, all those guys. I mean, uh, their their effect is still being felt uh, with the young coaches and, and guys like me as well. Coach, Dewan here. I want to know what's your philosophy of, of building a winning culture because when I was doing some homework on you, you preach community, you preach you want your kids to 
learn more, not just on the field, but off the field as well. And uh, you want them to be really great dads, great sons, and a great family man. So if you could just spill your philosophy on your team and this season that you, you wanted to give that mission statement to. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think what happens on the field is just a small part of what we're supposed to be doing, right? I mean, I, I, let's not get caught up in all the X's and O's, and I'm not going to uh, sit here and underestimate and tell tell people that, you know, it's not important. It is important, but I think it is a, just a small part of what we're doing. And, you know, we want our guys to act right in school. You know, and, uh, you know, our, our guys know that if they – don't do the right thing in school. The, the teacher's going to get, he's gonna, they're going to contact me. They, they're going to contact me for one reason, because they know I'm going to take care of it. And, you know, so I, I want our guys to understand how important it is to represent our jersey. And then as we move on, I, I think it's important that, uh, you know, people ask, well, how successful is your program going to be? How, how successful is this team going to be? I'll, I'll let you know how sex, successful this team is going to be when I look five and ten years down the road and see what these guys are doing. Um, and I think that's when I'll be able to find out how successful this team would be just because, uh, you know, what are these guys, what they learn from us? Are they successful fathers? Are they successful husbands? Uh, are they out in the workforce? Are they doing the right things? And hopefully if they're doing that, we've done our job. It's, you know, it's just not about looking at the end of the year and what our, what our record is and what we're doing and, and you know, and, and how far we got to the playoffs. There's, there's so many more things uh, that are important that's going to transcend what we're doing. Uh, with these guys, you know, throughout their life. Yeah, they're going to look back on it just like I'm sure, you know, Jim looks back at playing football at Munster or basketball at Munster. You know, those were good times. You played against Jim? But, uh, He's too- I think I, I played a little bit with it. He might be a little younger than me, um, wow. but I remember him. Uh, what, Jim, how old are you? Right? What, what, not in what when did you graduate? 80. Okay, nice. so yep, yep. So he was a little guard out there. I had to chase around all so the time. So what are you, Munster, 78 or 9 at Griffith? 79. Yeah, so I remember, I mean, specifically as a sophomore defensive back, Craig Bazia coming out of the backfield and looking right at you and saying, uh-oh, he, he, he's not running around me. I have to duck my head into that maniac <laughs> and tackle him. So, I mean, I have this, this vision. I don't remember much, uh, but I remember that and that you were a bit. I mean, you know, I tell the story of my high school football coach, uh, the mentor of all mentors, John Friend, and yep. I tell how just utterly, uh, you know, crazy he would get on the sidelines at times. And uh, you're the same way, man. People are like, "Oh, Craig Bazia, the uh, one of the mentors, and look what he's doing." I go, "Yeah, he's an animal, man. I can tell you that from <laughs> firsthand experience." Craig, are you uh, are you are you comfortable talking about yourself and some, uh, you know, your health struggles? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we might as well let people know. I mean, you you know, you were on the Illinois side for a long time, so maybe some of this slipped in. But uh, you, you fought some pretty serious illnesses. You want to tell us about it? Sure, I'd love to. Um, yeah, 2019, I was uh, uh, diagnosed with uh, uh, AML, which is a form of leukemia, which is the most fatal form of leukemia. Um, actually came out of nowhere and. uh at that point, I was I was coaching at uh, Homewood Philosopher High School, and and uh, you know tried to find several places around here to diagnose me, and we really couldn't do it. Finally, we found someone that uh, diagnosed it right, and um, you know he told us, uh, you know, I, Mr. Bazia, we, we think you have leukemia, and we're transporting you to uh, Northwestern Medical uh, right now, and 
got me in the ambulance and got me up there. And it was a touch and go for a long time. I was up there for 45 days until they got me back on my feet and, and then uh, went through about two years of, you know, really uh, intense chemotherapy and, and treatment. And, and uh, finally, at, in, in uh, July, 20, July 2nd of 2020, um, they were able to find me a, uh, a match for a donor that uh, were going to give me a, a stem, uh, stem cell transplant. And um, lo and behold, it was successful. And, and uh, you know, it just kept fighting and it kept fighting. And right now I'm uh, uh, cancer-free and have been since that time. And, and, um, and I'm one of the lucky ones. And last week, I don't, you might have seen it, but last week uh, – against Chicago Taft. We had a game here to bring awareness to leukemia and had a sellout and had all these people in orange shirts, which was, a, you know, the, uh, the symbol for leukemia. And, and uh, it, was a, it was a great night. I think we brought tremendous awareness of, of how to be a donor, how to become a donor. And, and uh, you know, that, since then, that has really been my mission. Yes, I want to be a successful football coach. Yes, I want to mentor players. But I want to bring, um, I want to bring awareness to this disease because I think a lot of people don't understand it and they don't know how they how easy it is to help and how many people are so much more unfortunate than I am that can't find a donor and if you can't find a donor um, when you have leukemia the odds are you're not going to make it I was one of the lucky ones I had a 19 year old young man uh, that uh, we found out later obviously that that's who, who donated uh, his stem cells to me and and to be honest with saved my life and so we're hoping that a lot of the people that that took uh um, the packets that they could they could go ahead and, and swab and, and become a donor uh, last week. We hope they do the same thing. We hope they send it in and, and become uh, become a donor and, and help save someone else's life because uh, I don't think there's a better gift that you can give anybody than um, you know giving them a life that they, they possibly wouldn't have if, if, if you weren't able to do what you do. So um, I appreciate you letting me bring that up, and it's, uh, it's something that's obviously near and dear to my heart. I'm very, very fortunate uh to even be talking to you right now because of that. You know, there's people that have maybe gone through similar situations or have that in their family. Uh, go back to when they first got the diagnosis and you're spending 45 days up in Northwestern. What what got you through that? Family. Um, you know, I, I, I my, my, my family was there. They, they never wavered. We never talked about, you know, I, I have kids, and I'm open with this now because I, I want to bring awareness to it. So we, I, I like kids ask questions or whatever, and, and one of them said, hey, Coach, did you ever think about dying? And my first response was, I can't even remember the 45 days. I was so far out of it, right? But when I got out of it, I, I really didn't think about dying because I, I told them I have too much to live for, right? I mean, that's that was my that was my – that was my rallying cry. That was my family's rallying cry. That we never really sat and cried about it. We really never said, why me? You know, it was just having a, a very, very positive attitude. I listened to the doctors. I knew I was in the best place in the world for what I had. Um, the doctors were extremely um, receptive to, to what I was saying, but I, I just listened to them, and, and whatever they said, I did. And, uh, you know, I, I thought that was my only chance of, of coming out of there alive and and luckily for me, uh, it, it, it happened and it was positive, but, uh, you know, I, I do think of all the times that I was up there and, you know, at night, and one thing that I should probably mention is I was, I was up there during COVID. So there was a time up there that I was up there for the transplant that I had no visitors and it was a lonely time, you know, and it was one of those that you had to just 
talk to your family on the phone and and uh, you know each night you could you you would you would hear people that didn't make it and you know the next day they weren't there and obviously you know it wasn't a good thing so um, but really to be honest it was just family and it was just hope and staying positive and and that's what I try to get uh, across to the people that you know if I hear somebody's got leukemia or some people want me to, to reach out to them I will do that and I'll just say man you just got to stay as positive as you can you got to listen to your doctors do what they tell you to do and and you'll find yourself in a good place so. That would be that would be my uh, my rallying cry and tell them what to do as well. Did you think you was ever going to coach again? Uh, you know, the ironic thing was when when I got this um, the the next season, I didn't miss because in Illinois they moved they moved the season back to the spring because of COVID. Um, so if it was in the fall, I would, I would have probably missed it. That is another thing that kept me alive. Like, I, man, I, I'm not done coaching, right? I, I just not that done was the next question. I was going to ask you. Yeah, you know, I want to impact coaching. these guys. That kept me going. Um, so not only did I not miss a season um, with this, but I was able to go back and and uh, I coached in the spring. But prior to the coaching in the spring in January, I was named the head the head coach at Crown Point. Um, so here I am still fighting leukemia and, and, and uh, finishing one season uh, in the spring and trying to get over here at the same time to Crown Point to get the weight room started and get this program uh, started. So um, it probably wasn't what my doctor was recommending um, at that point to, to, to coach two, uh, you know, two teams at one time. Um, but uh, I think my wife, my family knew that's, that's, that's what I live for. That's what I want to do. And and uh, if I had reservations, but that's what I did. And, and luckily for me, it's all worked out. I'm going to ask you one last question before I kick it off to uh, Jimmy. But Albert Evans, talk about how much he means to you. Because when I saw that he got a tattoo that says, Buzz Strong, <laughs> that meant a lot to him. And I know that probably meant a lot to you. And just elaborate your relationship with uh, Coach Evans. Yeah, well, uh, you, know, you, you sprung this one on me, didn't you? Uh, yeah, do some homework, Coach. Yeah, well, Albert means a lot. I mean, I coached Albert when he was, you know, 15 years old as a as a freshman at, at Portage High School, and you know, we just built a, a tremendous relationship. You know, and again, I I think that's what coaching is, right? Coaching is building relationships, and and if people don't think that's a big part of it, I think they're sadly mistaken. But you build relationships with your with your players, and he was one that I had a very very strong relationship with, and you know, and and we built that through high school all the way through college, and. You know, then I got him into the coaching profession, and he coached with me over at um, at HF, and then obviously I brought him over here with me at Crown Point. But uh, Albert made a tremendous amount to me. Um, you know, just like the son I've never had, and, and you know, uh, when I was struggling, and and you know, he you know he brought me a, you know, he'd come up to Northwestern all the time, and and uh, he just bring me positive energy all the time. And, and I told our team a couple weeks ago, and I was talking about this whole struggle that. Albert was the first guy that, to really get me to go to the washroom by myself up at Northwestern, and he literally picked me up out of my bed and carried me to the washroom. That was the first time that I was able to do that without the nurse's help. Um, and that's just the type of relationship we have. And, and uh, you know, when, when again, when I got back from the hospital and, and he came back and, and uh, um, he sprung that tattoo on me that said Buzz Strong on his leg, which essentially covers like really the whole bottom part of his leg. Um, it was a, a, a tremendous, you know, tremendously emotional time for me to see that somebody would actually, you know, ink that on themselves, uh, you know, and that just 
you know, shows me number one, the love for I have for him, the love he has for me, and the impact that you can you can have on a on a player or any type of dead name to be a player, a student. Um, you know, if, if you build that mutual respect for him and build that relationship with him. But uh, Albert's my guy, and, and uh, he knows how much I appreciate him. And, and uh, you know, we just have a great relationship, and, and we just keep building and forging that relationship ahead. Well, Coach, uh, Dewan just showed me the tattoo. It's actually really well done, too. It's not just slapped on there. It's pretty nice ink. Uh, no, I don't think he went I don't think he went to Guido at 3 o'clock in the morning on some street, right? I mean, he... he <laughs> He definitely had it done right. Yeah, that was all mapped out and planned. Coach, uh, we're talking to Coach Craig Buzzi. If you happen to be driving around or catching this uh, Dewan Marrero podcast at some other time, don't forget you get the Dewan Marrero podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Coach, uh, you know, you're 3-0 and all right now. You've had some pretty big wins so far. You really haven't been tested. Like you said, those are kind of mop-up touchdowns. you got this defense that, Quite frankly, uh, everybody was looking at your offense, and then all of a sudden you've got this defense going. But you're coming up against Lake Central. You're going to go back home to Portage. And then, of course, everybody's looking at you uh, bringing, bringing to your place uh, Valparaiso, the, um, you know, the defending state champion. You've had success, some success, and you don't want your guys looking forward. How do you keep them tempered in the locker room right now? Well... We, you know, I, I knock on wood. Our guys have been, you know, even last year when we were going through that undefeated season. You know, it was we were just every time we were hearing things about, hey, you can't look. You know, these guys are going to look forward to this. They're going to look. They're, they're going to stumble. And our guys really never did. I mean, we, we you know, we we never really had um, what was really a, a, a close game last year. And our guys just kept forging ahead. And, and I and I'm hoping our guys do the same thing. I think if you just you know berate them and say hey you can't look ahead you can't I mean they're kids right they they are what they are let's just come in and do our business and let's you know we we've 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 worked hard to have, to get a you know a 12 game winning streak going you know in in, in the regular season that's not easy to do especially when you're playing in the Dunlin you know we got nine games in a row we won in the Dunlin so I mean you don't you don't do that if you if you look ahead and our guys I think uh, understand that. But as coaches, you know as well, like there's teams that they're going to get up for and there's teams that you're not. And you just have to battle through it, right? I mean, um, and, and that's part of it. And this week we know that we're going against the Lake Central, who's up and coming. They've done a great job. I think Rick Good is doing a great job putting that program together. And we're going against an, a kid that's going to Iowa. You know, and I mean, what more uh, motivation do you got to have than to go against a kid that's uh, a Big Ten running back? And I asked Coach Grazer a couple days ago, you know, when's the last time Crown Points had to defend a, 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 a power five you know running back and he thought, thought all the way back to 2005 with uh james aldrich which was uh, Maryville, and went to notre dame um so you know that's a, it's quite a challenge for us and, and uh, you know we 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 know believe me uh jim we have a lot of things to work on you know i you know you think you got a you know almost a 40 point win against the Maryville team um and you think things are flying high but believe me on that saturday we found fun on that saturday we found plenty of things that we need to get better at and uh, our kids are aware of that. And, and Monday morning, we went right back to work, and and uh, we're just going to continue to do that. Coach, thanks a lot. I never did tell you thanks for uh, keeping me, A, out of an altercation and very much uh, possibly out of jail. <laughs> uh, that's a story for another time. But uh, 
you know, you know, you're kind of out there when Craig Bazia is the cal calming effect in a tough situation. We'll get to that again, uh, but I did. I never did set, tell you thank you. Hey, that's what I do, Jimmy. That's what I do. I just I solve problems. You got it. Thanks a lot for coming in, Dewan. Final comments, Coach. Did you ever think about how I got your number? No, no. I got it right I, here. What are you talking yeah, about? Hey, a lot of people got my number. Okay. I don't know how they get it, but that's okay, man. I got, I, I I got it. From, I got it from one of the kids at Crown Point. I didn't want to go through the adults. So the Kimbe oh. Shaw, the Kimbe Shaw. Oh, had no, yeah, he's okay. one of my guys. He had no problem yeah, getting your the contact. Yeah, great kid. He's and, gonna be a great basketball player for us. I, I absolutely. I hit yep. him up, hey. and um, yeah, I was grateful that he gave me your contact. Yeah, you never have to apologize. I always love talking to you guys and talking about Crown Point football and talking about uh, leukemia awareness. I appreciate you letting me, letting me uh, bend your ear a little bit on that. Thanks a lot, Coach. All right, good talking to you guys. Appreciate it. You too. Bye-bye. Dewan Marrero podcast. I haven't sat with you for a while, but uh, we're going double header here, yeah, right? We're gonna are we, we going to do it on this podcast or are we gonna, doing another one? No, we're just going to do it. We're just going to keep going? Yeah. Can you just uh, maybe uh, just play a little bit of uh, one of his favorite songs and we'll, we'll see Kim Robinson? Why yeah, not, huh? take a break.